<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. read by actor, writer, and all-around Renaissance man, Danny Strong. What I look forward to is some new writer, new producer, bright people that are out there that will take Star Trek, recast it, redo it, and talk about the problems of that day. And it is our pleasure to welcome back our guest host this week, Burbank City Council member, Constantine Anthony. Constantine, welcome back to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Thank you so much. I had uh, a real fun the last couple of uh, episodes, so this is great. Yeah, it's been great so far. Uh, let's throw this quote to you. What What are the thoughts that come to you when you when you hear this quote? Well, obviously, you know, this was given a couple of years just before uh, the next generation, and so you know, one would think, oh, obviously, it leads to, you know, TNG, DS Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, you know thinking, oh, okay, well, they're going to tackle more stuff and, and the differences of that day. And absolutely, they did. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you look at all of the iterations up to, you know, Discovery and Picard and all of that. Mm-hmm. They're tackling the problems of that day in a way and, and more so than the original series did in its limited run. Um, but, you know, you got to remember, TOS was right right in the middle of the, the civil rights movement yeah. and, and, and po- post that. And so they had a lot of stuff that they were dealing with then. But I think this is even more so than just a new Star Trek. I think Gene was talking about any kind of serial, episodic, spacefaring adventure. I mean, I'm talking... Battlestar, I'm talking mm-hmm. Orville. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you look at what what Seth MacFarlane has done on the Orville, he has taken a much more I'll say, I'll say silly lens mm-hmm. to the Star Trek idea. You know, Star Trek takes itself very seriously, mm-hmm. even though we have a lot of fun on those shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has put it on its ear and tackled subjects even too taboo for CBS and Paramount. So I, I you know, it's I'm grateful to see. Not just those kinds of shows, but even parody shows. I mean, I can't tell you how many I've been. I've been in, in uh, improv comedy for two decades. I can't tell you how many Star Trek parodies there are <laughs> that are out there. Yeah, not just live shows, but YouTube shows and and serial and episodics. And people want to discuss the issues of the day. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about things that you can't talk about in polite company. And uh, it's amazing. We, that... You know what? We need to be more impolite is my theory. Yeah, on that yeah a absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. I don't know if you guys have seen this clip that's floating around social media right now of Carl Sagan 
talking about or talking about Star Wars. And he mm-hmm. so slyly, mm-hmm. so lovely and so slyly points out on this late night talk show that he finds it interesting that way, way, way in the future, there's no uh, diversity. There's no black people, really. There's uh, <laughs> that women are still the like uh, stewardesses, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. he does it so dryly mm-hmm. that the audience, I don't even think gets it. At yeah, first. you can they're tell like, they don't really get what he's saying. They're like, yeah, they're like, wait, whoa, oh, yeah. it's yeah. nothing on their mind. Per this quote, I brought it up because per this quote, in a certain way, he was being that new writer, new producer, new pro, putting a spotlight on it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And mm-hmm. obviously not just in the Star Trek world, but in our world. So really appreciated that. And also, I'm sure you got you all can relate to this too. This quote is so um uh in- inclusive in other people. He's not, you know what I noticed about all these quotes? He's not going, I'm so great, you guys. Look what I did. I made Star Trek. Right. You guys, did right. you know what I made Star Trek? I there's not one quote. Maybe there is one. We just didn't pick it. No, there's <laughs> not. They're all most of the quotes are like this, where he's saying, I did this, but I greatly look forward to when it is switched up. And the other thing I can't help wonder, this is 85, 86, if this was sort of him going, uh, this what I wanted mm-hmm. for the original one. Right, right. Maybe, yeah. And I'm kind of making a backhanded comment that I, you know, I got to do a lot of what I wanted, but not everything. Right. I didn't get to have 50% um, women and men on the bridge. I didn't get to have as much diversity. Mm-hmm. And we stayed away from the women's lib movement mm-hmm. and the, the, the you know black movement that was going on then. But he's saying, in a sense, I get, I'm hoping that this will keep going. And at a certain point, we'll be able to discuss all this stuff. Uh, I, yeah. I'm not as, I don't know Star Trek inside and out like Trent, though, does. So what do you think, Trent? Uh, so what you said earlier, Constantine, about like how the improv comics like to use Star Trek things in their jokes. It reminds me of uh, like memes, like meme culture now. I am in a Facebook group where it is a Star Trek shitposting meme group and it's all these really fantastic memes that are all star trek centric and they talk about what's going on today so what you're saying about how like comedians do that like and you know memers are doing it online now which i think is fabulous i also love how you know there aren't a lot like gene roddenberry was a genius and there are not a lot of um really creative geniuses like this who are who who seemed so happy to welcome new voices to to take the this 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 baby that he created and hand it over to other voices to have other people have a say in how it grows and and becomes bigger and better than than it was when he started it and two things uh further one i absolutely believe that you know gene thinking you know so now i'm going to do like the next generation Let's welcome more female voices, more voices of color so that this this thing that he wasn't able to really fully flesh out, like Rachel mentioned, in the 60s, he was able to to do more fully in the late 80s going into the 90s. And I also think that he also had the foresight to know that Star Trek would outlive him, will outlive us. Star Trek is one of those legendary things that I think is going to like, you know, live for. I want to say centuries. Like, I think it's going to live into the 23rd, 24th century so that when historians look back to ancient America at the turn of the century and talking about like this space varying sci-fi show that was so popular of its day. And I, I really do think that Star Trek will live that long. 
I mean, this is, you know, why he put in so much Shakespeare yes. and why he was such a fan of that. You know, that was 500 years ago, yeah. uh, you know, almost a thousand years before what Star Trek would be. Yes, absolutely. And knowing that those stories, you know, those stories were dealing with the time of that era. And how do you remake Shakespeare for Gene Roddenberry's day? That's what he was doing. Yeah. He was remaking the great stories. I mean, and then he passed the torch to, you know, uh, uh, Brandon Braga and Ronald D. Moore and mm -hmm. Rick Berman. And, you know, they came along and and did the same thing to to move those stories forward, to remake it, redo it. But, but that's still... what Shakespeare and that's what Shakespeare was doing, right? Mm -hmm. was, mm -hmm. You know, this is an actor, Constantine. All Shakespeare's doing was saying, "This is what's going on in the world today. Mm -hmm. These are yeah. the things that are going on." Yeah. And it only sounds funny to our ear today because we, uh, we, you know, languages evolve. But that was the common tongue. It was, you know, back mm -hmm. then. And I love that you referenced it to that because every time I see uh, Star Trek episodes especially the ones that came along later i'm like this reminds me of the monologues i used to study mm -hmm. you know well, well how many how many big name directors and actors one of their greatest achievements is doing othello doing mm -hmm. romeo and juliet it's like why are you doing shakespeare again it's the same thing here yeah take yeah you know you can even change the quote I hope that someday somebody will take Shakespeare and recast it mm -hmm. and redo mm -hmm. it and talk about the problems of the day. I love that so much. Which, that is such a great point. I love which, it. If you know New York theater, that was a huge trend in the 80s and 90s. And still now today, today they called it non-traditional casting, right? Mm -hmm. They would just take the Shakespeare and play and cast anybody right. in it, right? right? right. And, and I know there are some people like, that's not how it was written. We don't care. That's the truth mm -hmm, on that mm -hmm. one. That's your opinion, and fair enough. But we don't care because we love seeing the diversity of Star Trek that harkens back. I mean, Lin Manuel Miranda does this with Hamilton. Yes, you know, taking stories of mm -hmm. the past, redoing it, recasting it. You know, the way that musical is done, it's it's about what's happening in the world now, and so it, it, it's it's exactly what Gene would hope. If only Star there Trek were less be. singing in that. I would I, the only musical that exists is Jesus Christ Superstar to me. So what you're saying is we need a Star Trek musical. Yes, yes actually, <laughs> they have they they have not done a Star Trek musical episode. I think we I think we're onto something here. And <laughs> and Star Trek has been around for 55 years. Yeah. That yeah. was the, the debut. Uh, that's crazy, is it not? Yeah. That it was that long ago, and that we're still. Speaking of it, which goes to show you, and I called Danny Strong, I read the quote, a renaissance man, but let's call Gene Roddenberry what he is too, a renaissance mm -hmm, man, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, to be able to be so magnanimous too and to say, I want people to take this and not, you can tell it's not a selfish way because I need my work. It's not about that. Mm -hmm. He's saying, no, I want, I'm so excited and turned on by what else will come out of other people's imagination. Yeah. And that's very sharing. And that's not always our human. I, well, I think it is our human nature to share, but it's also our human nature to say mine. Yeah. <laughs> this is mine. You know, and the reason we are still talking about Star Trek 55 years later is because we have like new stewards like Alex Kurtzman, who is at the helm of, of all things Star Trek now. And I, I absolutely love, you know, everything that he's done with the franchise. You know, when he rebooted the Trek films, uh, they're in the Kelvin timeline, but he took all of those classic characters that we know and breathed a whole fre new fresh 
breath of air into those characters and then took them boldly in a very different direction, very action-packed, uh, you know, high energy. Not that the series isn't, you know, high energy, but like those movies are like an adrenaline ride. And and it's something I've always wanted from Star Trek. And we finally got it in, in those Star Trek films. And then when you think about, well, when I think about, you know, what he what he's doing with like discovery and how it's star trek and but it's it's set before the original series but the tech has to look so much you know it has to satisfy uh the viewers of today so the tech looks kind of more futuristic but they 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 so uh uh, smartly know how to, I mean, I love what Alex does and all of those Star Trek writers do because he knows, they know how to take these things that we love about Star Trek, remind us. So they brought back the Enterprise and with Captain Pike and, and, and showed how that old, you know, quote unquote tech looks compared to like how the newer Discovery tech looks and then they know how to explain that and then they're like you know what we're going to take discovery and shoot that ship 900 years in the future so we have to can get away from it's just so smart about how he's able to satisfy i think old fans new fans giving us something new to be excited about and again gene roddenberry knew that the way that star trek or any story is able to survive is to you have to breathe you have to bring in new voices new perspectives the times change it's not the 60s anymore it's not the 80s it's not the 90s you have to change with the times and if you're able to do it in a smart and intelligent way where you respect the audience the audience is going to stay with you and you know here's to the next 55 years and beyond of star trek fandom absolutely I, I, what can I say? What can I add to that, Trent? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) No, it was really, really well said, you know? And it's part of why we're, I'll speak for myself. I'm so enjoying doing this podcast, right? Because even though I call myself a cynic, it's such a hopeful show. Um, These quotes are so good for me and perhaps other minority. I don't even want to call myself that. Other people who are F, whatever, non-white, non-Anglos, yeah. yeah. to know that there was this man out there mm-hmm. 55 years ago mm-hmm. who was thinking forwardly, mm-hmm. who even back then, he wasn't hedging his bets saying, well, you know, a little taste of something for them, but they need to know their place. That's how I assumed all white men spoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not, by the way, at all. But I love, it's a reminder that just, I, you know, sometimes you think get down on the world and you think people are against me or I've got a side eye everyone and da, da, da. And this is a reminder that not everyone is a horrible racist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't yeah. know what I mean, but I think some of you listening do. And I don't actually think everyone is, but I think there's a certain amount of, it's not paranoia, but a certain amount of awareness a, a person of um, who's non-Anglo has to have mm-hmm. when we are out and about because I have to have all my intuitive senses working. Is this is this person like me? Is this shade coming because they don't like my personality or is it because they don't like my skin? All these thoughts I have to parse, which can make people paranoid and disillusioned. And this podcast is helping me, Rachel, be optimistic. Yay. Thank you, Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> and thank you, Constantine, for joining us today for this episode. We're lucky enough to have him for a few more. Right, Trent? Yeah. Uh, the one last po- point that I want to make is Star Trek has always commented on the news of the day. In the 60s, it was about racial, racial strife and diversity. Uh, in the 80s and 90s, the next generation in Deep Space Nine talked about, very openly talked about, like, wealth inequality, homelessness, 
politics, the definition of life. They tackled that with, you know, data. Is he a, hum- is he, is he a life form and, and all of that? Um, and then to today, where we have shows like Discovery and Picard, which are finally embracing same-sex relationships. Discovery has its uh, has Star Trek's first transgender and non-binary characters. So Star Trek has always been able to take the news of the day and incorporate it into its storylines in an entertaining and educational way. And again, it's why we're still talking about it 55 years later. Well said. And we'll be talking about it on the next episode, too. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, we will. If you guys want to see the video from today's clip, you can go to the Roddenberry social media pages. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Danny Strong, one of my favorite Buffy the Vampire Slayer actors. So I'm so glad he read our quote for today. And we hope you'll join the three of us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.